Hello, welcome back to another episode of Chairside Live. I'm Dr. Justin Chi. For this episode, I'll take you through one of my cases where the patient is unhappy with the aesthetics of his maxillary centrals and laterals. He has composite bonding resin on these surfaces that were placed due to a trauma as a teenager. We want to enhance the aesthetics of these by removing the old composite and replacing them with obsidian lithium silicate veneers. Let's take a look. We have a 30-year-old male patient that presents with composite bonding on the labial surfaces of his maxillary centrals and laterals. He's unhappy with the aesthetics of the resin that was placed during his teenage years after he suffered a trauma to this area. Composite bonding was a great option for the situation, but can be very technique sensitive to avoid appearing dull and monochromatic, not to mention extremely challenging to create natural contours using a direct method. Some of the composite is discoloring and breaking down between the centrals and also overhangs with the restorations along the margins are causing gingival inflammation, especially around numbers 7 and 8. The plan for the patient is to replace the old composites with obsidian lithium silicate veneers. Before the prep appointment, I sent impressions to our fixed department where they designed a digital diagnostic wax-up to help us on the clinical side, know if there are any possible limitations. Once the designs are approved, they then send the digital designs to the biotemps department to fabricate provisionals from those final designs. You can hear Dr. Mirashan explain this process in more detail in episode 196. We will now begin the procedure with local infiltrations to ensure our patient is comfortable. Starting with a coarse grit round-ended tapered diamond, I first place vertical depth cuts through the old composites until I reach tooth structure. Since the teeth are in a good alignment with the labial surfaces near where we plan on restoring to, the goal is to achieve an even amount of reduction along 7 through 10. I'm aiming for half a millimeter chamfer at the margins and increasing that reduction to about 0.8 eight millimeters along the middle and incisal thirds. Once the old restorations are removed, I place a triple zero cord down in the sulcus to help push the gingival margins out of the way. The gingiva usually moves apically at least about half a millimeter. This is really important for any anterior crown or veneer to not only avoid inadvertently damaging the soft tissue, but to also hide the restorative margins slightly subgingival once the gingiva rebounds. I position and refine the gingival margins only after the placement of the cord. I use the same round-ended tapered diamond to reduce the prep so the margins run along the soft tissue equigingively. The tip of this burr is approximately 1.2 millimeters in diameter so I run it along the margins until nearly half of the burr is placed into the tooth. This will help create a clear chamfer along the margins and allow for a uniform thickness of the final restorations in these areas. To follow the mesial to distal curvature of the anterior teeth, I run the tapered diamond burr in approximately to a depth of about halfway into the contact area. 
We are planning to lengthen the teeth, so I flatten the incisal edges and terminate the margins at the incisal lingual junction to include the entire incisal edge within the preparations. As with any all ceramic preparation, we want to round off any internal line angles for ease of fabrication and to ensure the final restorations are well adapted to the teeth with minimal internal stress. With these veneer preps, the main sharp internal line angle is found at the labial incisal interface. So here I'm using a Venus Supra coarse composite polisher at about 10,000 RPM to round over this transition. To have a smooth path of insertion for the veneers from the facial direction, I angle the incisal parts of the prep cervically from lingual to facial. When the preps are completed, I place a second layer of cord into the sulcus to push the tissue laterally away from the teeth. Here I'm using a size 2 and using gentle pressure to push the cord into the sulcus and then rotating the instrument out to lock it in place. If you're having trouble getting the cord to seat, go down a size until you find one that can seat adequately within the sulcus. The cord should be seated into the sulcus without much force as we want to avoid any potential damage to the attachment. I always wait at least five minutes for the cord to provide the desired retraction. Once the time has elapsed, I remove the larger top cord while leaving the smaller cord in place. Now we have adequate separation of the hard and soft tissue for the light body impression material to flow into. This is really important to allow lab technicians to see where the margins are located. After the impression is taken, I try in the biotemps to verify that there aren't any hang-ups along the margins. When I verify that they can be seated in the correct position, I then clean and dry the shells really well and then reline the temps with dual-cure bisacryl temp material. Here I'm using Tough Temp by Pulp Dent. Using a technique I picked up from USC Dean, Dr. Avishai Sadan, I float the material along the margins first, like a light body impression material, and then seat the shells. I found this to help minimize bubbles along these areas. I applied a thin layer of Vaseline to the preps to aid with the removal after they're cured. One of the most challenging situations when provisionalizing veneers is keeping them in place while the finals are being fabricated. There's no temporary cement that I'm aware of that can keep these in place, and we don't have any mechanical retention to rely on. So I found the only way to hold these on is to bond these in at the center of the labial surface. I spot etch with phosphoric acid in about a two by two millimeter area on the labial surface of each of the preps. I then cure a bonding agent directly where I etched and then place a small amount of camouflage flowable composite on each of these areas and then seat the provisionals. This is the only way that I've been able to successfully keep these in place. After the provisionals are bonded into place, I'm smoothing out the lingual margins with a composite polisher just so these areas blend in really well with the tooth surface. I then use a fine diamond football to adjust the high spots on the provisionals while carefully avoiding the tooth structure, which could certainly alter the margin position. 
When it comes time to removing the temps, I place vertical depth cuts until the acrylic is thin enough where I can see the color of the preps showing through. I avoid cutting entirely through the provisionals with the high speed so I don't inadvertently mutilate the preps beneath. When the material is thin enough, I twist with the Christensen crown removal tool until it breaks the temps apart for a quick removal. If there are any areas of composite still on the tooth surface, I recommend using a slow speed round burr to gently remove the excess. I try on each veneer individually to verify they seat properly and the margins are flush to the teeth. With number seven and 10, I check the distal contacts first to ensure that the contacts are not interfering with the seating of these restorations. With multiple unit cases, it's best to check the contacts against the adjacent non-prepared teeth first and adjust these as needed. Then check the contacts of your restorations two at a time. We want to verify that the margins of the restorations when seated together match the flushness as when we check them individually. If they're off in any way, then there is likely a heavy contact somewhere. To prepare the veneers for cementation, we apply Ivoclean to the internal surfaces for 20 seconds and rinse and dry them out. Afterwards, we apply a coat of Monobond Plus, which contains the required silane coupling agent to allow the resin cement to adhere to the ceramic surface. For the preps, I use a total etch technique to maximize the bond of these veneers. I first protect the canines with a clear mylar strip and then with 37% phosphoric acid on all of the preps for about 20 seconds. Next, I apply a thin layer of Gluma desensitizing agent to all of the preps and allow that to sit for at least a minute and then aspirate any excess. I follow that with Avoclar's Excite FDSC adhesive. The F indicates that it is a fluoride releasing adhesive and DSC is dual cure single composite. I apply the bonding agent along the margins and with pressure ensure I scrub the material into the dentin really well for at least 20 seconds. And this allows the resin monomers to effectively infiltrate the collagen matrix. Since the adhesive is a dual cure, after air thinning to remove the solvents, I go ahead and seat eight and nine using Varilink aesthetic resin cement. I really like using this cement for aesthetic situations because it is available in five different shades that can increase or decrease the value as needed. There are try and paste that correspond to each of the shades so you can determine which shade will work best for each case. We went with the neutral for these veneers as we didn't need to alter the final shade with the cement. Once the veneers are fully seated, we tack cure along the gingival margins to accelerate the cement to a gel state to aid with the removal. After most of the cement is removed along the gingival margins and lingual, we polymerize these areas more so they can help hold the veneers in place during the interproximal removal, which is usually the most challenging area. 
We repeat the same process on the laterals. The patient was extremely happy with the final results as the obsidian lithium silicate veneers provided a much more natural appearance over the old composite restorations and blended in very well with the rest of his natural dentition. The material offers 385 megapascals of flexural strength, so obsidian offers a great combination of beauty and durability and is my go-to material for aesthetically demanding cases. On behalf of everyone here at the lab, thank you for watching Chairside Live, and we'll see you back here next time.